I'm a survivor. I survived it. I lived through being married to a man who suffers from disassociative identity disorder. I am still alive after surviving at least 14 different personalities, including those cluster B personalities. And I'm ready to tell my story. Welcome to Surviving His 14. I am a survivor and I'm ready to tell my story. Welcome back. So today, um, I'm going to talk about um, uh, the polyamorous relationship that um, I was, of course, in because of my ex-husband. Um, it was basically over before it started, but we'll talk about how it started, the agreement, mini ceremony counseling, um, how it affected my family, how it affected his family, and why it ended. But um, before we get started, I'll introduce you to my special guest. Hey, hi. I'm Hillary's uh, new husband. <laughs> and a part of that polyamorous relationship before it started? That yes. ended before it started? Yes, that's it. Right. So how, how it all got started um, is uh, my ex-husband, of course, was um, persistent um, that he was not a sexual person, so we weren't having any type of sexual intercourse in the marriage um and that's in one of the other podcasts so he told me to go out and find um someone else to to basically sleep with or have a relationship he basically gave me permission to go out there and i did um after the third time he told me um yeah when somebody's kind of insistent that they're not going to take care of your needs and then uh, insist that you go out um, um, I think that's kind of um, you know you can go through and do what you need to do um, to take care of self self taking care of self is always going to be primary um, before you can take care of others you got to be able to take care of self but it was basically after um, nine years of a sexless marriage that I yeah. took, the, took up the offer and just decided okay you know what Hey, it's time to get this thing cracking. Yeah, so met you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and we, we, you know, we, we kind of came into it. The, uh, I came into it and I was uh, married as well at the time. Um, although um, by coastal marriage and it, was, well, it wasn't working out um, like I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought I was going to be able to um, eventually um, take care of a spouse um, or been ahead in the long term. Uh, caregiver situation um, and the we were um, the agreement was to try to help you take care of um, your husband right you know, and then you were going to try to help me take care of my wife and while we lived happily ever after right so basically in a nutshell we both had similar stories we're married to people who had mental illnesses mm -hmm. that weren't able to in your case provide um, any what would how would you say that? Um, Mine was just denying me sex. It was just denied, period. Yeah, and mine had um, told me that they were it was no longer part of her life, and she was no longer interested as well. So we that's how we basically got together. Then when I brought you into the home, mm. um, 
Well, we well, may. You, you didn't exactly bring me to the home. I was invited into the home. Well, right, true. Well, he like, told me to go out and find somebody. I found you. Mm-hmm. And then um, the day that um, you guys met was at an event. Right? Oh, yeah. I was. Um, we met at a work event. Right. Um, and he showed up and I introduced myself. Um it was all very, uh, very, pre- very pleasant, very cordial. But I could say there was uh, a work event, and I was still working at the time, so I didn't have time to, to do any um, big socializing. I just wanted to kind of present myself. This is the face, um, that, um, put a face to uh, a name. The stories that I was telling him, right? Because anytime we would go out on a date, I would have to basically report back to him and tell him all the details and all the information because he, he was interested in it. Um, and then we had a triple date to the cigar lounge. Yeah, it was kind of triple date. It was, it was yeah, it was a, you two were dating me because <laughs> <laughs> he asked a thousand questions. He was so fascinated with and. Um, but what I was talking is like it was almost like he was talking to me, and, and every time you tried to talk, he tried to catch you at a conversation, basically almost. Right, like I, I literally sat at the table and took pictures of your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I still have them too. And then when you guys went to the, the, cigar closet to the humidor to the humidor, I took a picture of you guys in there. Mm-hmm. Then we took a picture outside. Like I was just taking pictures because nobody was talking to me. They were both basically talking to each other. Um, and then um, later on, I believe in counseling, so all three of us um, started family counseling. Mm-hmm. Well, if we figured it was like I said, if we're going to make this difficult situation that pretty much goes um, against the grain of all societal rules um, as we know it. Uh, we're going to need some counseling to be able to manage uh, what we're trying to do and trying to manage living in this society. So, yeah. so we're all three in the in in the counselor's office, sitting on the couch, um, and the counselor basically told us to come up with a solid agreement, um, basically the rules of the relationship and how it was going to work, and we all decided to um, that you and I will basically take care of um, him. Well, like I said, he was, you know, and take care of his health situation and try to help him manage his health situations because it's like... Yeah, because my... Like I said, I was kind of very tired of being being a caregiver, but like I said, trying to help somebody manage their own situation was something that I was willing to do. And my my, um, whole thought process in it is that my marriage was over... uh, about three or four years before um, I even um, decided to look for somebody else but he was asking me to stay married to him but I could do whatever I want and that was like four years prior so the family counseling I was was like I said he he figured it's like you know he still wanted the rest of the marriage benefits he wanted you to wash his clothes and cook his food and do all that stuff but he wasn't willing to do anything for you right and that's what i was doing i was basically um a caretaker really mm-hmm. and then when we all got together we so we decided to go to a uh, park right to say our agreements we went to the park well, well, said, well prior to yeah. the park yeah so we, you know we had um, you know, there was a, a agreement that said we needed some kind of uh, signature signification 
uh, we uh, decided the rings would be most appropriate. So we, um, we went out and looked at rings and, um, um, and it was at your jeweler. Yeah, my jeweler, um, um, basically. And, and so we picked, um, I thought one that I thought was kind of doing, it was just like, well, let's let, you know, let him have a voice. So he insisted on picking them out. He had to have the final say on picking out the rings. Yeah. We already had them sized. We know what size we needed. But he wanted to be the one to pick out the rings. And um, pay for them. And pay for them. Yeah, so he, he basically bought each one of us a ring. We mm-hmm. took pictures. Um after we said what what our basic agreement was which was the same thing it was a matter of we um you and i would be a couple willing to take care of him and he can stay there as long as he can he can yeah as long as he can be you know functional and and take care do do his part to try to take care of himself so it's like says it wouldn't be a burden because we already had um burdens lined up to be in the future if i was going to stay married it would be weird been trying to be the three of us trying to take care of her and then it's like yeah it was it was um a tenuous situation from the uh, further from the idea you handled but <laughs> so uh, but in the end i wanted you so i i know that and we both wanted each other and he knew that of course because that's what we were in counseling for we were in counseling to um make sure that what he was that everybody's emotions were going to be okay yeah and and, and most of the time in, in the counseling session, when it was the three of us, it was more like, remember the one time we had the counseling session and we were sitting there and he he said that he gets angry when we show affection toward each other. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the counselor was like, okay, I've been counseling you, you two in marriage counseling for what? four years now mm-hmm. and you say you hate affection like <laughs> so he's given her the affection that you don't want to give you should sit back and be okay mm-hmm. <laughs> but he he was upset about how much affection you were giving me yet he <laughs> still wasn't willing to give still, you any. still wasn't willing to give me any affection that that was ridiculous crazy but that's the kind of stuff you go through in the polyamorous relationship. I say if you're in a polyamorous relationship and a, a true one, you definitely need to go to some type of counseling because everybody needs to be heard. What I'm saying, everybody needs to feel okay. And it's like I said, it wasn't like it, you know anybody's voices was being squelched. Um, but if you don't, um, you know, speak up and and your um, whole communication thing is to just shut down and and stew. Um, with a straight face so that nobody can say that's you know that's a choice that you make but it's like I said it's, it, everything was open um, communication was open uh, we attempted to keep it open um, but if you shut down and, and decided to you know that you're going to get your your ass up on your shoulders and not participate well, that's a choice you make right but then at the end of the day the stuff that he would bring up in 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 our counseling sessions was um I don't even know how to say it. It was like it would it would be back going backwards on some of the things that he said. It's what he said. He stated that he wanted so plainly and vigorously. Yeah, Should like he even told her one time that he he wanted to start back a sexual relationship with me, and I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Like I've been waiting on this and begging you for a sexual relationship for. For nine years now, and now you want to start one back with me. I had moved on to you, 
And I, I was not going back to that. You remember that? Yeah, I, I do remember that because um, I remember when we, uh, when we were, um, I was first invited uh, by the two of you to, um, to um, come into the home um, to live. Right. Uh, well, he wanted to, on the, on the first day, he wanted to have a threesome. And I told him, um, yeah, I, I don't swing that way because I'm not gay. I want to make sure that you... He's, he, um, he's like, well, I'm not gay either. And I'm just like, hmm. And I, re- I remember that so plainly. That was, I posted that in the other podcast. I talked about how I felt about that and how it really drained me. Mm. And you were like my support through all of it. Yeah, and I was like, well, I was like, well, this, but you know, all of that, you know, that came to a head. Um, you know, the three of us sleeping in the same bed, and I wake up, and his hand is on my arm, and I'm just like, hey, hey whoa, partner. Right. I, I, I remember we. <laughs> so I remember we. <laughs> so we were sleeping in the same bed, mm-hmm. um, of course, because it's that's polyamorous, and. Um, you jumped up and you were like, uh-uh, we're not doing this. Uh-uh, he's going to have to find somewhere else to sleep because he is not going to be touching me. I, I do not swing that way. You were like so angry. <laughs> like I said, I, I you know, stated that from the beginning. He, that was a part of the agreement in the beginning that the relationship was with me and not him. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I think he thought in his mind, he was like, so there's, he, there, I guess that's, well, I don't know, well, it might have been one of his, I mean, I'm sure it's like I said, that's probably every guy's fantasy, um, but it's like I said, you kind of get, you, you kind of get that <laughs> get out of the way when you're much younger than me. Every guy's fantasy for what? Yeah, threesome. Yeah, but probably with two women. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah it's Oh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> like whatever, whatever. I said the per- the preference would be two women, but it's like, you know, it's like, um, yeah, they get they get in where you fit in, I guess. Oh, okay, well, okay. Anyway, but then again, like the other things that happened in the in the short lived polyamorous, how how many months was it? It was just months, right? Um, well, it's like I said, um, once we got to to that part, it was just like you know, um. There was, uh, you know, it was uh, clear to him that it's like I was not here to have a physical relationship with him at all, and it angered him. And it, oh yeah, because and that's when we started to see the cluster B personalities come out. Because I, I had, but prior to all of us living together, I had never seen him angry. I had never seen him mad. Um, I guess because I was just a. Well, it's my mannerism. I always try and keep him happy and keep him pleased and whatever. But because he wasn't getting what he wanted mm-hmm. at that time and he couldn't have you. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely not. That made him furious. And that's when the process just basically sped up and we found out his illness. Well, then yeah, we start seeing, you know, some, um, some very, very unique um, and... Um, segmented behavior so it would be like you, you were like um, you, go, you go from um, from speaking to an adult to speaking to a child almost speaking to an infant 
um, speaking to somebody. But you being so yes. rational. This is like you just being so wild. You got you really got to be. This is my podcast. Like yeah. I'm honest on here. You I'm just honest too. I'm like, just like being open. No, straight to the point. So one night we were have we were going to watch a movie. Uh huh. You remember that night we were going to watch a movie? I remember we watching a movie. And then you was like, I'm getting ready to pop you some popcorn. Yeah, because I know you love popcorn. And what what did he do? Oh, he exploded. He was like, that's my thing. That's what I do for her. And I was just like, we had been sitting there watching the movie. He didn't get up and pop no popcorn. I was just like, what's that? And then, you know, he's just like, he goes from, from that to... Laying in the floor. Mm-mm. That's not that. So the yeah. popcorn uh-huh. incident blew up real big mm. because he was all up in your face in the kitchen. <laughs> I thought that was pretty. And generous. then you were standing there with your arms folded. Now, you being six. Yeah, I'm six two two sixty. And he's five nine. Five nine one forty five. And he was all up in your face, and I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, calm down. What is wrong with you? So it scared me because I had never seen him. Yeah. And I looked at him and I was like, that's cute. You did. <laughs> you did. So I walk out, I go outside. And of course, he comes outside and he calms down. He apologizes and he's like, I'm sorry I acted that way because I it scared me because I had never seen him that way. Mm. Then later that same night, we, we finally get to the movie to watch the movie. And of course... I've always dreamed of, um, you know, laying on my man and watching a movie. I could never do that with him because if I would just even touch him, he would move away or just he'd push me off because he said he's not affectionate. And that, yeah. So then I was snuggling up on you mm-hmm. and he gets up. And storms out of the room. Yes. And comes back with a pillow and blanket. And lays in the middle of the floor in the fetal position. Yeah, sucking on the blanket. Sucking on the blanket. And he was like on your feet. I remember he was on your boots. And you pushed him, you nudged him off. And you was like, what the fuck's going on here? (laughs) I mean, I laugh at it now, but I was scared. Um, I was like... I'm trying to watch a movie. And he was like, I want some affection too. I want I want to touch touch you too. I was like, you don't even like to be touched. Like, that's not making any sense. Mm-hmm. And then you were supposed to spend spend the night that night. And you started to leave. You was like, this is too much for me. I was like, please don't go. And that's when I started crying because I didn't want you to leave. Mm-hmm. And you, you ended up staying the night that night. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so I you, mean, you, you know, go back and, and recall a thing, and it's just like, um, you know, it's it's almost as you, you can be talking about. It. It's like yeah, I can still vision it right and what right. you're talking about. I'm just like, but I, I like polyamorous relationships. I think can work. I, it just can't work with somebody who has cluster B personality or personality disorders. Period. Because they're going to be different. Basically, I was in a polyamorous relationship my whole marriage. Because well, like I said, again, being down there, like the, the cluster B, how that showed up is like I said, you know, he saw you as a possession, um, kind of like a toy. If, if, if he wasn't using it, that's fine. But if somebody else was playing with the toy, well, now I want my toy. Yeah, and that's exactly But as long, what as, the, long as nobody else was interested, well, he could have given it down. Right. 
That's that is so true. That's basically what we. And that's why I had to tell him. I was like, Hillary is not a toy. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know, if you, your relationship with her is over, but mine is beginning, and I'm not going anywhere. I remember you telling him that, and he still thinks today that you're gonna leave, and he's gonna come back, and that's not gonna happen. Now, how it affected. Um, the families um, my family for one never took the understanding that we were together to help him like like we were together for ourselves for a relationship for yeah. ourselves but we allowed him to stay because he was asking us can he wanted to stay he didn't want to embarrass himself in front of his family he didn't mm-hmm. want his mom and dad to know he failed a marriage. And he basically could not take care of himself. Right. If the bottom line is he couldn't take care of himself, he didn't want to be alone, but he didn't want to be with you. Right. But he wanted the benefits of being, uh, having some kind of uh, role or position in a family that he wasn't willing to do any work to maintain. Right. Absolutely. He, wanted, he just wanted a title. And wanted to be served. And that part, my parents, my family, and not even my parents, just my parents, but my entire family couldn't get. Only thing they would see is, oh, she got two men. And everywhere I went, everybody would be like, adjust your crown, you're a queen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but no, I'm taking care of him. Like, I I promise to take care of him until he he dies. Like, I seriously, either he or me. Like, that was my vow to him. Yeah, that, that almost came too true. <laughs> Stop. So then, like, but the only thing they could think about was a, it was a whole sexual relationship, and all three of us was having sex together, and it wasn't. It wasn't like that at all. It well, was, and even then, it's just like they were, you know, he was, you know, kind of, um, you know, he served their needs for for whatever it was that that they the picture that they wanted to have. Well, he would and, lie to. Well, yeah, of course. But like I said, they, you know, they, um, that's the that that part of that. And he fed them what they wanted to see for all those years, not realizing that the, the things that you were telling them is like I said, there's something wrong, there's something wrong, and they're just like, no, but he's such, you know. And it's like I said, it's it's that part of that cluster B. It's like you 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 you, you look at him, and for about twenty minutes, he can hold together that act really well. Right. In minute twenty five, it starts crumbling. Right. If you pay close attention to it, you can see it. You, if you pay close attention to him, you can see his personalities change mm-hmm. right in front of your face. Mm-hmm. And that's the scary part about it. Now, then I wasn't noticing it. I was just basically raising my children and trying to get myself healthy because I was severely anemic. And I didn't really have the time to focus on seeing his personality switches. But I see his personality switches yeah, they're, they're more they're, often now. Yeah, they're, they're very obvious. Very obvious. If you know what you're looking for. Now, for his family. Um, yeah, his family. He had just you know the, the the narrative was that he was just he was happily married. He had a beautiful family, and that. And that was my fault because I was trying. That's all he continued to ask me to do was to not let his family know. And at some points I would, I would just go to his mom and be like, look, something is wrong. Well, I, I even told her about the, the no sex. I even told her about, and then 
most of the time when I went to them, it was blamed back on me. Like yeah, they the words that line talking about. Well, well, guys just get older and they get disinterested. It's just like not at that age, right? Because when I you went, you're talking about getting disinterested in your early forties. Yeah, no, guys. He, not no, get, the first time that I went to his mom, it was right after. I, when I got married, like I got married and we hadn't consummated the marriage, mm-hmm. and like prior to yes, I had a child, but then the how he hit it was because I was so holy roll in my head that I was like, okay, I made the mistake, I repented, I'm not gonna have sex again until I'm married. So it was none, and we held that. But then, once I got married, I'm like, all right, we free to do this. And it didn't happen. So he was 38 mm-hmm. or 39. And they were saying that he was already too old. And once you get that age, you no longer have sex. Yeah. And I, then would, what, I, would, I would, if we had to do a, a nationwide poll, um, if there was, like I said, um, if there was a question on Family Feud, that would be the number one answer for you. <laughs> But then, sex, number one answer. But then when I met you, mm. and well, how old were you when I met you? Jeez, when you met me, I was uh, 54. 54? Yeah. And it was like on from day one, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what did I pray for? Because <laughs> like, it's like, I and I asked my mom, I was like, I thought you said that people stopped being interested in sex around the late 30s and she was like did i say that (laughs) (laughs) really really you know everybody was trying to it seemed like was trying to to cover and placate and protect his ego to the point to where um the only person that was really being detrimentally affected was you right because you know they only saw him on occasions when he went to your hometown and then he would play Daddy of the Year. He would play yeah, with the kids in front he, of them. He would give his twenty minute performance, and then he'd go off to the side and and, and, and get off into his electric into his device and just sit there and not talk to anybody. Yeah, n- never said a word to anybody. Mm-hmm. Nobody really has a a relationship with him. Nobody built it because nobody talked to him, and he talked to nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, so when when the divorce happened. And everybody was coming back. Oh, he was such a good guy. I was like, you didn't even know him. <laughs> like, you never even had a conversation with him. But they were coming up with stories that they thought they might have had a conversation with him. But mm. so um, now, why did it end? It ended because his emotional well-being was starting to affect the entire household, from from you to the children. Um, and and I mean it's like I say he was just going into this deep spiral hole um, of depression I'd seen that before and I was just like this right. is this is not um, he's not doing well he's not gonna he's not ever gonna do well without help because I've seen people go in that that depressive hole and they don't come out by themselves but which is what which is what current today is he saying he is why he needed um why he was out of that mindset remember he was like yeah it was the situation that i was in that's caused me to be 
depressive. It's the situation. It was mm-hmm. it was the polyamorous relationship. You know, he was, yeah, he was already in that state long before I he met me. And it didn't even make sense because he told like we were in counseling together, family counseling mm-hmm. together. And well, it was, it's like counseling doesn't do well unless you're actually participating in trying to get well. Right. And it's like I always say, when you go to counseling, make sure that you get your co-pays worth. Your your insurance might pay that, but you got to you got to come out of pocket with your mouth. With, with your you come out of pocket with your money, right? <laughs> and, you, and, and, and counseling is not cheap, so even your copay is not going to be cheap. So if you're going to go in there, which, get, you, get your copay worth. Which, which which says like a polyamorous relationship is not a cheap relationship. Mm-hmm. If you want to do it the right way, you definitely want to have counseling, mm-hmm. and counseling really brought out um, those feelings that he was having, and then we started the process to find out exactly what was going on with them because at that point we knew mentally we we can't the reason why we got together was because um was because we um because he was what is it how do i say he was showing um signs of um um showing signs of um asperger's i thought it was asperger's yeah, and he looked like he he was showing signs of somebody that was on the spectrum. Right. But then again, it's like, you know, and um, but uh, I was those 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 outbursts of anger to almost to the point of, of violence. And as like I said, if 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 it had been somebody else and not you know somebody that was so much bigger than him, um, standing to protect him, I believe, you know, he probably would have, you know, he, he tried to hurt somebody. I know that. But but I, and the thing is is when I when I met you and I told you the, the situation I was like I have a husband he's he's sick he's mentally ill is something going on with him? I'm not know I'm going through testing and counseling and stuff for him right now but you know we've talked about it in counseling for the last four years that he said it was okay for me to go out and find somebody else but don't leave him and you agreed that that was okay um, and then when we all went into counseling it was. He, he was starting to produce that anger that I had never saw and the counselor saw that and she recommended that he go for further testing and at that point is when it ended because you can't have a polyamorous relationship a thruple or anything with somebody who is absolutely uh, and truthfully I'm going to be honest and, it was not a polyamorous relationship hmm. it was just um, you and I were in a relationship hmm. Because he was not a part of the relationship. It was just that I was his caretaker and I decided to take care of him. So, it, truthfully, it wasn't polyamorous. It wasn't a throuple. Mm-hmm. True. And, you know, and, and when I say when he's, uh, when his outbursts and his behavior to where he, you know, he couldn't, man- couldn't manage his own emotions, couldn't, man- couldn't manage his own behavior, um, uh, got to the point where it was just completely unmanageable for all of us. It's like he, it was, he became a danger. He was a danger to himself and everybody else. Right, which is the readout of um, his disorder. Um, so, you know, as like I said, um, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, um, like you said, their, um, you know, the well-being and the physical and emotional well-being of the children um, are, you know, are up there as... Um, right there and a high priority and I think I heard um, one time um, I forgot who said it but it said if you want your children um, to be 
if you want children to be health, healthy, for a man, it's just like love their mother. Yeah, <laughs> right. And the children will will feed off of that. Love their mother. True. That's absolutely true. Yeah, so that's, that's what I try to live by. And then, and then this thing truthfully came to an abrupt end. Um, the day that we got the readout of the diagnosis from um, clinical psychologist, the clinical psychologist, and um, I still, and I'm, I, I must admit, I still felt even after we got the the readout, and I was like, okay, we can do this. Um, I said I was going to be here for you until the end. All we got to do is get you in treatment for it, and, which, which but, he didn't want to do. He didn't want to do, but we also didn't even understand <laughs> truthfully what the diagnosis was at that point. We just got the readout and we came back, looked looked over it a little bit, but then we started looking for treatment facilities and how he can get the treatment. It wasn't until I came back to the we were in um, the counseling set, the family counseling session mm-hmm. that we disclosed to that counselor what the um, clinical psychiatrist psychologist psychologist had given us and she was like oh no Mm-mm. and I can still remember her grabbing both of her hands and blowing and she was like okay you really don't know what this is do you and I was like I mean we looked it up she was like okay no you don't this is cluster B personality disorder she was like, and as a mandated reporter, you, I have to report that you are putting your children in danger. From, you, from him. From him. And you have to decide today, in front of him, you have to decide today, either you're going to choose to take care of him or you're going to choose to raise your kids. But this isn't going to happen in the same household. Right. And she was like, this is not going to happen in the same household. And I was like, what? And she was like, I'm going to give you until Tuesday to go down to, uh, it was a, a women's um, abuse. A shelter. A women's shelter, but they, they specialize in a, a domestic violence abuse. And she was like, and the only thing you have to tell her is that I sent you and that your husband has cluster B personality and the ball is going to roll from there. She was like, if I don't hear from her by Tuesday, I'm going to the Department of Social Services and reporting the child endangerment. And that is when it ended because I went there Tuesday and I told her exactly they filed a domestic violence protection protection order. He had to be out of the house that same day and it was over. It was over. It was over. Well, that part was over. <laughs> I mean, the, the, <laughs> yeah, the more podcasts to come. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to How I Survived His 14. Disassociative identity disorder with or without cluster B is not a joke. Not everyone lives through having a spouse with cluster B personality disorder or disassociative identity disorder. 
Now that I have done further research and I know about these disorders, I fear for my life and my children's lives every single day. This podcast is to bring awareness to these disorders as well as to tell my story just in case his disorder overtakes him and me and my children come up missing. If you are a victim like me, seek help by calling your local domestic violence advocacy program. They are there to help you live. Love does not have to hurt.